we're getting between 50 and 100 leads a month from this through Just Uno. Our direct sales reps know that if it's a partner-led discussion or a partner lead, they know that the sales cycle is going to be much shorter. Partners that are willing to do that work are going to be the partners that are actually engaged with your software, and they're going to be the ones who get in front of the product team. At the end of the day, what we're selling is time. Like, you know, the client wants outcomes, but the product that we have to offer is ours. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Welcome back to Make Them Famous, partnership people. I'm your host, Alex Glenn. This is the only podcast about partnerships where you hear from both sides of the partnership equation. Today is no exception. I am interviewing Jason Anderson, Chief Operating Officer of Anzin a top e-commerce life cycle, excuse me, marketing agency partnered with Just Uno, Clavio, Loyalty Lion, and Shopify. They're based in Australia. That's important for later on. Joining this discussion is their partner, Derek Booth, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Just Uno. These two are longtime user-first partners, but Derek has taken over their account and managed it for about a year now during one of the most important times to maintain close relationships with those great e-commerce partners, the COVID pandemic. On this episode or in this episode, we talk about how their partnership came to be. It's something not enough teams do in practice. We also talk about what tech teams can do to spot more potential partners in their user base, how Just Uno incentivizes CS teams and sales teams to get more agency service partners info on their calls, We hear some of Jason's favorite partnership routines and incentives, what Jason attributes Anzen's referral frequency success to, where do time, product, and scalability play into the equation. Jason gives us a few examples of when second-rate products won their attention, how to execute with product-led strategy, one of my favorites, the power of co-marketing, and then we end on Jason's five incentives to to start and keep partners. This is one of those must-listen-to episodes for both CEOs as well as product teams looking to succeed in channel solutions. I hope you enjoy, but as always, please take a few minutes to listen to three products that can help you incentivize manage, maintain close partnerships with digital agencies. Enjoy. Well, we could not make this podcast famous without help from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we looked to three platforms that help you find, activate, enable, and manage your partner program. These three tools may be the only tools that you'll need to effectively run partnership. The tools in question are Reveal for account mapping, and running co-selling operations, partner stack for scaling a multi-tiered commission-centric program, and partner hub for working closely day-to-day with MSPs, managed service providers. Partner stack probably needs no no introduction, excuse me. They work with top tech companies like Monday.com, Unbounce, Intercom, and Webflow. And it's a company that we recommend when you are ready to scale your commission-centric, usually a multi-tiered partner program. Check out partnerships, I'm sorry, partner stack to scale partnerships. Revealed, again, when you're ready to really get into the revenue operation of partnerships, that means that you want to map accounts, see what the overlap is, see who I'm targeting that you're also targeting see who I'm targeting that you're not targeting, and come up with a strategy to get those accounts into my pipeline, into your pipeline, and to build that pie, that bigger and bigger pie together. Oftentimes, you'll invite a partner to an account mapping solution that has a paywall too early, which is prohibitive for a lot of uh, the target audiences that our partner programs are after, the digital agencies. Uh, If you invite them to reveal you can trust that they won't hit a paywall. There's 360 account mapping UI in Reveal for free, and it is at reveal.co. Finally, Partner Hub. Again, 
It's a partner operations platform. Partnerships has a lot going on. Who's doing what at what stage in the partnership are the questions that many of my partner managers ask themselves. Partner Hub is here to solve for what are we doing with partnerships? Who's doing what? Where are our partners? And if we need to find more, are we able to go and shop for more partners? Partner Hub answers all of those questions with yes, and it is free. It's free for top tech companies like Apollo, AudioEye, Smith, Growbots, Recart, Customer.io, and it's free for digital agencies like Hawk Media, Trellis, Aptitude 8, Creative Trends. A lot of these tech companies and agencies use Partner Hub to find and align with each other, MSP, managed service provider, digital agency, as well as SaaS tech companies. So check it out, partnerhub.app. And again, thank you for listening. I'll let you get back to the show. All right, we're ready to go. So welcome to your first podcast, Derek. Derek's uh-huh. very first ever podcast we just found out. So podcast virginity, we're taking that tonight. And uh, Jason, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's not your first, but it's your first time here. So let's do the intros real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, Jason, to cut you off, but go ahead and do the who you are, what's your company, you know, maybe list out your five best tech partners. Perfect. Thanks, Alex. Uh, So, yeah, my name is Jason. I'm the CEO at AndZen. We are a customer journey agency based in Australia, but uh, with offices in the US as well. Uh, We focus on effectively any sort of one-to-one marketing channel that you might have with uh, customers. So think email, SMS, you know, your loyalty program, your reviews program, uh, anything where you're trying to communicate with a customer directly uh, to get them to take an action, ultimately convert uh, in in an e-commerce setting. So uh, most of our top partners, we work very closely with Justuno, obviously. Uh, We work really closely with Klaviyo, Loyalty Line, and Akendo. Uh, and then a whole suite of, you know, interesting apps that are very specialist at what they do, maybe around user-generated content or repurchasing, things like that. I love it. I love it. Uh, and your partner that you just mentioned, Derek, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, everybody? I'm Derek. I'm the Director of Strategic Partnerships here at Justino and Business Development. I know it's a very long-winded uh, title, I guess you could say. Um, been with Justino for about four and a half years, only been in partnerships for about a year now. Um, but, you know, to give a little background on our company and what we do, what are we? We are an on-site conversion rate optimization platform. So simply put, think of us as like a digital sales assistant for your website. When you have, you know, companies are spending tons of money on email marketing or outside advertisements or any marketing channels to drive visitors to their website. But a lot of companies don't think about what they're doing to convert that traffic on the website. We're really the experts on that front. How do we do that? We convert visitors through modules such as pop-ups, you know, on-site banners, product recommendations, anything that you can think of that you can build into the back end of your website without having to recode your website. That's what we specialize in. Um, And we've been in the space now for about the past, I don't know, 10 plus years now. We were one of the first Shopify partners, one of the first big commerce partners certified Shopify plus and, you know, Anzen is obviously one of our biggest service partners. In addition to a few that you may have heard of, maybe Mute 6, Hawk Media, uh, Smartbug Media, um, and a couple of others as well. So it's a little bit of background on us. Yeah, killer. And uh, yeah, we've been trying to put this together for a while. So I'm glad it's finally happening. We're all in different time zones, very different time zones than Jason here. <laughs> so we had to Get him, uh, get him to book early his time, late our time. But um, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Pleasure to meet you and um, eager to get this going. Happy so, to be here. yeah, so partnerships. Let's uh, start with you know the genesis of your partnership with Just Uno to lay the foundation for the talk. If you don't mind, how did it start? Yeah, sure. So, um, it was a fairly similar story to what we've had with a lot of the softwares that we use actually so we started using justuno probably around 2018 2019 uh we were 
being based in Australia, we're, we're pretty used to having to do our own sort of research into softwares that we might want to use, do our own R&D for our clients. And we kind of kept coming back to just, you know, when it came to those pop-up experiences, when it came to email conversions or, you know, getting SMS uh, or, you know, any sort of cross-sell on-site experience. And it pretty quickly became a part of our sort of tech stack that we would recommend. We're a fairly specialist agency. And so we like to recommend specialist software. And we got a, an email one day out of the blue from someone from Justuno letting us know that at some point we'd become one of their bigger partners in the APAC region and asked if we would like to have a, a phone call. So it was an interesting way to start. You know, there wasn't really any outreach. We just kind of started using the platform, found that it was really intuitive, worked really well, had a great price point for the ROI that we could drive. Uh, uh, and then from there, met our partner manager and were able to start building some really good experiences for our clients. Awesome. And you say you found out that you were their top partner. Does that mean you were an affiliate first and you were committing a lot of referrals through an affiliate link or how did, how did the top? No, actually um, we were, we hadn't, we we didn't really feel anything out from a a partner perspective. I think what they realized was that our email domain was being used on a lot of different accounts uh, that were signing up in the APAC region. Um, so I guess, you know, obviously they're looking at this sudden spike in clients that they were generating in APAC um, and our name just kept coming up. That's killer. Yeah. I, I think, um, man, I don't know what episode it was, but we do have, I think it was Corey Snyder who talked about how he scrolls through CRM data to see if there's any non, um, non-account URLs associated or yeah. emails associated with the, um, the accounts. And I think, you're nodding your head, Derek. It sounds like something you do, but let's talk about that real quick. What's what's yeah. a routine or a practice or something that you do to make sure you're not missing any of those future yeah. out there? Funny enough, sales operations is everything, right? And, um, you know, funny enough, when Jason was reached out to probably four years ago, I'll be completely honest, we did not have a mature partner program, but maybe on the surface, it looked like we did, but we were also still building it at the time as well. And you know, partners like Jason really enabled us and Anzen really enabled us to help build our partner program and make it the partner program that it is now. Um, to get back to your question that you were asking on as far as, you know, opportunities that may come in, um, our reps are trained to look uh, not only through discovery, but also when trial signups are coming in to look at email domains. So if they see an email domain of an agency, Typically, it won't match the domain of, you know, just like you were mentioning, match the domain of the merchant that's coming in. Um, They'll hop on a call with somebody, you know, we'll ask in our discovery, you know, are you working with a service partner? Are you a service partner? So we've really built it into our entire sales process to identify partners and get those in front of our partnership team. So we're, you know, really hitting the ground running and developing these partnerships and making our partners and the clients know that, you know, at the very early stages, that there are benefits very early on as to working with us and what they can receive, you know, being a, a part of our partner program or just simply being a client um, of a partner that we work with. Ah, I love that. I love that. Yep. And um, ah, another shout out. I think it was Ashley Hildreth uh, over at Clyde, I believe. She does. She has a really cool Salesforce setup where she has some unique fields that are related to partnerships on the um, Salesforce uh, user profile. And she spiffs the CS team to fill those out and probably the sales team too. I don't know what the specific spiffs are, but while they have one of the users up on a call, a support call or a sales call, there's three fields and it's what agency are you using um, and some more information about that. And if any of the CS or salespeople fill those fields out, she sends them a gift or money, something like that. Awesome. Um, That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we all forget that uh, partnerships is part of it. You know, if we're not on the partnerships team, it's not our sort of uh, quota and we just forget about it. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, so, to kind of add on that too, yeah. Alex, you know, one more thing that really stands out to me, we've never pr- messed around with the spiffs before, um, but we've really ingrained into our culture here, the importance of partnerships and just taking care of our partners. And at the end of the day, our direct sales reps know that if it's a partner-led discussion or a partner lead, they know that the sales cycle is going to be much shorter too, right? Because there's that established trust, there's that credibility. So like our reps definitely are incentivized to, you know, identify partnerships early on. Oh, I love it. I love it. And on that note, Jason, are you guys, are you splitting off partnerships as a uh, role at all? 
I know you're the you're the chief operating officer. I don't know if you mentioned that in your your intro. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, so we don't actually have a dedicated sales partnerships position. Um, it's usually been managed by our CRO, um, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it depends. I think because for some of our partners that we're really heavily involved with that have a more technical implementation. I'm generally the point of contact because I lead our account management team. And for a platform like Just Uno, where we're proactively working on betas and you know new feature releases, obviously in the sales team, we want to keep them abreast of what's coming out and how you know it might be easier for them to co-sell with Just Uno. I actually get a lot more involved in the partnership because it's really important for me to be able to work with our team to know technically what's on the roadmap, what things can we be rolling out for clients, how are we making sure that as a service provider we're remaining sticky by keeping our client ahead of the curve, but then also as a partner with Justuno, how are we feeding back up feedback to help their product development as well? That's important. Yeah, we have a couple things here to talk about around the product-led partnership side of things that you really like, Jason. Um, But before that, I want to kind of talk generally about what's working in partnerships for you guys, for Anzen specifically. What really works? What do you like? What are some of your favorite things going on in partnerships? Okay, so we've got um, a bit of a two-pronged strategy when it comes to partnerships. Again, obviously being Predominantly based in Australia, our US team is fairly small. Uh, A lot of what we do in Australia is very small, intimate, in-person events with a partner. So we like to call them masterclasses. We generally do a sort of a late lunch, end of day masterclass event. Um, We try and do one a month with a different platform partner. And it'll be somewhere between 10 and 20 uh, high value merchants, we're a fairly premium agency. So we like to be able to get, um, you know, just, you know, maybe a dozen sort of high value merchants into a room and do across, you know, intersperse between maybe a couple of courses of food and absolutely a couple of courses of wine. Um, some really high level, uh, not high level, actually, I should say some really in-depth strategies that are more advanced so not the sort of stuff that you're getting if you just go to your regular shopify meetup and someone's giving you basic advice around getting started but going really deep with say a partner like justuno and talking about how can you take it not just one step further but maybe four or five steps further Uh, are you actually thinking about that ad campaign that you're running on facebook to a very small segment of people that might appeal to this product do you have dedicated pop-ups that appear based on the utm tag there or what are you doing if uh you know a mobile session is idle for two days and then comes back online how are you capturing that attention so really going deep and what we find in those sessions is that while we absolutely give away a lot of strategic IP for free effectively to those merchants more often than not the response that we get is that sounds great but really technical really time consuming you know it's not going to fit into our BAU how can we engage with you guys to get that work done Um, and that's a really great way for us to show our value to high you know more premium merchants where they're thinking we don't need an agency because we've got a dedicated resource well yeah sure that's fine but that dedicated resource is probably busy with your day-to-day campaigns and just making sure that the wheels keep spinning right um who in that company is doing the r&d to say let's use this new feature let's get this new platform on board let's get the incremental gains that we're missing out on uh and that's sort of our strategy with partners to be able to come in we can really show what their platform can do that helps make them look really sticky because obviously for the merchant it blows away anything that they get in their inbox that's like oh look yeah just may maybe great but are you actually using all these features maybe just use our platform because it's cheaper and simpler well, they come to this masterclass, they see everything they're missing out on and there's no way they're turning away for that more basic offering. And then for us, we get potentially the services implementation sale off the back of it as well. So um, everybody sort of wins. The merchant gets free, really in-depth strategy. The partner gets that extra bit of stickiness and we potentially close some deals on the implementation. Um, that's what we like to do locally. And then uh, when it comes to, I guess, a more global, broad level, uh, we try and run webinars that are 
are not so in depth, um, but are certainly more um, accessible for the average merchant. And that is more of a, a play for our, um, I guess, more entry-level offering where we go broad, we try and use webinars and events like that to try and capture really large groups of leads, you know, a few hundred people at a time for these webinars. And then what we're sending them is more best practice type content that's sort of very cheap that we can implement um, easily for them. That's more project-based, but really obviously supports, retainers are great when you're in a service-based industry and you need them um, to survive, but that supplemental project work can be the difference between, you know, just making that target that quarter um, if things have been slow on the retainer front or, you know, maybe even blowing a quarter absolutely out of the water because you've gotten all this extra small project cash flow. Oh man, there's so many things I want to go into on that. Um, you mentioned courses. Uh, so what's important is you guys weren't a partner and you were doing a lot of referral business because you were selling services on top of yeah. Just Uno and you were just baking it into those services retainers probably that you were selling. So every new client that you onboard, it didn't matter what they were using, what was on their side. If they want to work with Anzen, they get the full board of services, which includes, you know, you mentioned loyalty line, just, you know, uh, absolutely. If they're doing email, you're going to probably switch them to Clavio and yeah. uh, build out their campaigns. You're in it for the service-based revenue. So then the real question becomes, well, two questions there is like, you mentioned, how much referral business you were doing, what you attribute that to, and then how can we help Derek do more enablement around what it is that you guys are doing that's causing that high frequency, right? So let's start there. And then I want to get into a little bit of the core strategy. And then we want to go into product-led partnership stuff and how Derek and other e-commerce tech can enable agencies like you to ramp those services, scale those services up around their technology. So back then, four years ago, what do you think you guys were doing to get a lot of referrals over to Just Uno? How did that system work? So effectively, the way that it worked is that we were uh, we were coming up with strategies that were very detailed, and that was a big part of our sell. Like I mentioned, we're a premium agency, right? And we generally work with larger merchants. So merchants would be coming to us already having all the basics in place and probably, you know, hitting their basic benchmarks. Um, and we're sort of coming to them to say, look, this is how you're going to get the extra two or 3% of your website visitors signed up to your mailing list. So this is how we're going to actually increase the conversion rate by 1%, which for these people a day, that might be tens of thousands of dollars a day more that they could be making in revenue. So what came with those strategies was the language around you're coming to us because we're a specialist agency for doing this thing. Um, what we can, the way that we do that is that we bring specialist technology at the individual touch points required. Um, and just doing is a good example of that, where it's really an on-site conversion tool, whether that conversion is happening by capturing an email or mobile number, or maybe getting push notification permissions through to, adding extra products to their cart all the way through to getting to check out more quickly, less clicks and actually converting. Um, so when we start talking to people about um, how we're going to do it and how we're going to use technology, it's very easy to explain to them that by bringing on a specialist software, you're going to be able to do a lot more advanced strategies than if you were just relying on, you know, maybe your CRM tool that, you picked initially because it was really feature rich and you know maybe it seemed like an appealing option because it's cheaper to have a platform that has pop-ups and um you know all these extra features built into the one platform but ultimately the reality is is that that platform does not have the development team to be focused on enriching each one of those features at the same rate and making sure that it's really doing a killer job of every touch point Whereas when you work with us, if you want a specialist, then we want you to work with specialist softwares mm -hmm. that are just constantly releasing new product, new features to make what they do really good. But also when they do that, having a team that's working on the integrations with the next platform down the line so that that rich experience can just constantly roll through 
maybe all the way back to your CRM. So you're capturing really personalized data. You're really understanding the customer. It's getting all the way into Klaviyo where then you're recommending the perfect product at the perfect time, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we can look at it like this. I mean, um, you know, it, it was not luck. I mean, the product team did what they did and you guys chose the tool based on the product, right? And then comes the partnership. And now it's, you guys were doing this amount of business and then Derek comes on. It's like, okay, well, we need to show that now that you have a project manager, a partner manager, sorry, um, that you are going to do more, either bigger business, yeah. more frequency or both, really. Um, yeah. So then it's, uh, Derek comes in, he's got to align with you on what your strategies are. And then he's got to work with you on a number of things to get more business or more frequency, from the just uno accounts tearing up yep. that would equal more business frequency is just net new you know accounts so let's talk to derek real quick about some of the things that happened when you came on and some of the ways that you quickly sort of looked at it through this lens figured out an alignment and then baked that into a series of steps and some strategy yeah. and then we'll go back to jason and hear kind of what really worked and what was what was great about that and um, talk about some some of the big wins if we have any, and then we'll go into the product conversation. Uh, there's really been a lot of building, I guess you could say, throughout the years, right? And you know, when Jason's team first came to us at that time, I think that I had just started in e-commerce and I was brand new. But what I do know is that with, as it relates to our partnership, um, it's really interesting when you engage with partners and partners are using your platform in a very advanced way that maybe you would only know the platform as. So you're kind of learning from your partners in a way too, when they come up with some of these strategic ideas and, you know, implementations, but by the same token, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jason, but when you first came on as a partner, we were also enabling you to show you more efficient ways that you could use the platform as well with how we exactly. know how to use the platform. Now, in addition to that, with that feedback comes this feedback loop that, you know, I know we're going to get into the uh, topic of talking about product in a little bit on like how you can improve your product, right? Like how can you make it more streamlined for Jason's team to show this advanced strategy, which, you know, at the front in the eyes of a consumer, it's a very advanced strategy, but Jason's team to be able to deploy that with scalability, right? And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of platforms that are out there are very, very powerful solutions but they're not always scalable, right? And I think that when you work with partners, you realize how to make your solution a more scalable solution, which, you know, opens us up for where we're at right now, right? Where we're, you know, in beta with a product right now, Jason was talking about beta releases for products earlier, getting, you know, sneak peeks into that. He was a huge, you know, they, they were a major uh, inspiration for the rebuilding of our entire platform to enable them to make their lives easier. Um, so, with that too, you know, there's things that we do from a partnership standpoint too, to enable Jason's team that we built built upon. Like when we first started off, you know, we had partnership managers that were just wearing multiple hats, you know, reference his name, his name's Matt Bingham. He was a great guy. He was like one of our first partnership people. And he kind of built this from the ground up. But now we have an agency strategist that's like responsible for the Anzend account. That's just literally having you know, month every single month we do an hour strategy session with him, and then he's just laying out different strategies and optimization tips. They have access to a Slack channel with us, right? Where you know they're getting direct to direct communication with us in collaboration to be able to knock out to knock out uh, you know client issues, and they're not having to rely on the normal support channels that like maybe a regular client has to rely on, and so. Um, we've learned a lot from like what Jason and his team needs over the years as well. And it hasn't been an easy thing to, to do, but it's also helped us, you know, mature and have a much more mature partner program over here. But most importantly, they've been like a huge impact on like the development of our product to enable them to make their lives easier. Yeah. And I think everybody listening, it's a situation where we're kind of, you know, everybody wants to know, what do I do? You know, what do I do with a great agency that's already doing great work on our platform? Am I just there to answer the phone or answer the email when they need something or is there something I can go in and do more of so that therefore Jason and Anzen can do more with my product? So Jason, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that. Jason, talk to the teams out there that obviously are knocking on your door and want you to partner, but not even that talk to the teams that maybe you're just getting used to a product and you're starting to fit it into services. You're starting to fit it into retainers. Yeah. And obviously, 
you all want more money, you and the partner team, you guys all want more <laughs> revenue. Um, yeah. What can I do as a partner manager of one of those tools to get you to produce more? What are some of the things that you suggest? For sure. At the end of the day, what we're selling is time. Like, you know, the client wants outcomes, but the product that we have to offer is ours. And it might seem counterintuitive, but what is important to us is that when we're choosing a platform to, to partner with, that we can implement that platform effectively, which doesn't doesn't sound right, right? You might think a partner saying, well, I sell time. The longer it takes to implement your platform, the more time I can sell, the better that is for me. But that's not really the case because what that means is, is that if it takes more time, then I need to get more results to generate ROI. And that sometimes that scale isn't going to line up. You know, I can't just spend an extra two hours implementing your software and necessarily get two more hours out of the effectiveness if the features and the product aren't actually going to do that natively. So one thing that we worked on with Justino early was that um, being based in Australia, particularly back then, we didn't have our US office. Um, most of our clients were Australian. And if you're an e-commerce merchant in Australia and you want to get scalability, you have to expand to the US or to the UK, which means opening a second Shopify store, which means a second Klaviyo account. And most people in e-commerce would know it basically means that you need a second installation or environment for basically every app that you have. Now, this back in you know 2019 was a very difficult thing to manage in Just Uno because they didn't have these inter account relationships where you could say clone campaigns between accounts. So what it meant was that when we were selling to clients that had multi-region, the cost of implementing Just Uno was, was double, sometimes triple or more if they had three or four or more stores. And that didn't necessarily come with improved ROI for those merchants. Um, so that's actually a, a handicap for us. It's made it much more difficult for us to sell because that feature wasn't available. We worked with Justuno. We managed to get a feature built out where you could then, I think initially the stopgap was like we could download um, a campaign and then upload it into another account. And, you know, that sped things up a little bit. And then um, they progressed that feature and they had, parent and child account features and then suddenly you could build in a parent account and deploy campaigns to child accounts and over the years that has gotten more and more efficient when now when we're talking to a client who might have four stores it's maybe only an extra 45 minutes worth of billable work to deploy it across as many stores as you want whereas four years ago it was it, that might have been an extra four hours per account so suddenly scalability is incredibly cheap for us to achieve. And then on the ROI front, we're able to come back to the client and say, well, we implemented Just Do Know it, it only costs, you know, X. And we were easily able to generate four, five, six X ROI. Whereas in the past, we may have barely been scraping two X. So having that relationship with your partner where they can feedback on the UI and or the UX and um, at a talk about talking specifically about scalability and being able to implement it quickly uh, can actually have a massive impact for them to be able to generate ROI. They become more sticky. They can sell or talk about your product being easy to use. It makes it more sticky for the merchant. Uh, this is a very similar thing with Klaviyo as well. Um, very early on when we were um, working with a lot more email softwares, one of the reasons we ended up working with Klaviyo more often is because when we pitched to a client what email software they could use, Klaviyo was actually the cheapest for us to implement and it came with the cheapest price tag. And so a lot of merchants would say, okay, well, um, let's start off with what your service is, but on Klaviyo, because it seems to be that you can implement it for less. Um, and we just ended up doing more and more work with Klaviyo because of that. And then now you look at Klaviyo, I think, um, the stat is they have like over 80% of the Shopify plus market, right, is using Klaviyo. Um, so on, on their side, that investment in being easy to use and being scalable is now paying off because they've got massive market share because they're easier to use. More people are using them, more partners are recommending them. Uh, and they're very much now winning that race because they took that position up. I'm going to take myself off mute. No, that's killer. That's killer. So uh, the things that partner teams can do um, related to product. So let's go over that. So you mentioned a lot of things that partnership teams probably 
you know, look at and say, well, how am I supposed to, you know, use my product scalability to impact my numbers? You know, I can't really control how much my product team is doing and not doing um, to help me out as a partner manager. So, you know, a lot of the people listening have the, you know, second tier, second rate, whatever you want to call it, products on the market. And they're, they're, they're in the partnership seat and they're really trying to get things done with an inferior product. It's tough, you know, and, um, and they have to pull on all the levers, right? So yeah. let me ask you this and we'll go to, uh, we'll go to Derek for talking about what the product team is doing and how you guys are kind of working um, agencies into the product. But the last thing I want to ask Jason before we get into that is um, have you ever kind of looked at a second tier, second rate, second best, whatever you want to call it product mm-hmm. that has come to you for partnership and said, you know what, you guys are clearly not the best on the market. Maybe they're newer, maybe just they just haven't caught up, but they've come to you with so much blank support, mm-hmm. incentives around whatever um, value that you've you've said, you know what, we'll either stick with you or we'll start working with you and and uh, we'll, we'll stay loyal because you guys are just so awesome. You don't have to name names, but has that happened? And if so, what are some of the things that they may have done? To get you yeah for sure so um we worked i mean there's a couple of examples clavio is actually probably a good example in and of themselves we started working with them you know probably five years ago now um and at the time uh you know they were seen on a, at a similar level with mailchimp um but we did a lot of work with dot digital back then and um they you know clavio was definitely underpowered compared to dot digital um but like i was saying before what they were really pushing was a really simple user experience, um, which made it much easier to implement on, which made selling our services much easier. Um, and they, you know, as they developed the product, that made them more sticky. Um, but I think a, a good example that's maybe more applicable for some of those softwares and partner managers that you talked about is um, before we were really tight partners with Loyalty Line, we worked with another loyalty software that was definitely seen as a cheaper, more entry-level product in the market. And the reason that we had a lot of success with them is that they had a free tier of the platform where you could utilize a refer a friend feature that was built into the loyalty program. So um, everyone would have seen, I'm sure, if a platform with a loyalty program, you know, share your personalized link with a friend and you get points and they get points um, and off you go with the referrals. So what this platform did was made that feature a free feature when you installed the tool. And what when we wanted to sell a loyalty program to a merchant, what we would say is, why don't we install the platform? Um, after someone checks out, we'll just show the little modal, we'll make it pop up and say, thanks for your order. Um, here's your personalized referral link share it with a friend and, um, you know, you'll get some points that's worth, say, a $10 discount. And we'd say it's just an easy way to va- uh, validate whether someone might engage with a loyalty program or not. It's not going to cost you anything. If anything, it might just get you some free referrals. And if it really works, then you- it'll be justified to let's spend some time investing in this loyalty program. Anyway, it worked insanely. I think over the course of about seven months, we went from like 10% of our clients having a loyalty program to over 80% of our clients having a loyalty program. And that was massive for us because they are incredibly complicated things to implement. Um, You have to design the branding, you know, come up with everything. Like we sold incredible services around this loyalty software and rapidly, basically over the course of 12 months, just, um, I think we, we would have done dozens of referrals over the course of 12 months purely based around the strategy of just saying to people, well, let's just turn this feature on for free and see if it works. Um, so what I would say is if you're a partner manager, are there aspects of your platform that have an easy hook that could be tempting if you can just make that feature a free feature? Is there something that like that that a client could justifiably say, well, I want to validate whether this platform might work for me. If I just turn this one thing on for free, and it works, that may be the tripwire for them to say, all right, let's go, like, let's actually sign up, you know, use the full plan, whatever the product might be um, to unlock those advanced features. Um, in this case, it was that refer a friend um, module, but, you know, it could, it could be anything. Um, that should be something that probably most partner managers could sit down with a product 
their product owner and um, look at some features and see how can we commoditize that into a free tier. And Shopify love a platform that has a free tier as well. Um, so if you go to Shopify saying you want to create something like that, they're likely to try and give you some pop too. Um, really easy way to try and get out there a little bit more. And then obviously on the partner side, you can go to your service partners and say, look, we're going to make this aspect free. Um, here's a strategy around how we think you could sell that to your merchants. Here's some enablement material. Um, and then you may well be off to the races. Yeah. Derek, why don't you touch on what he just said? And then let's talk about some of the things that you guys have been doing on the product partnership, you know, yeah. joint venture side of things to, to keep more partners like him in and also able uh give you give you some more levers to pull for new partners yeah jason when you're when you're talking about everything it's just like i'm visualizing kind of just like the entire customer experience being that i you know started on the ground level right i worked as an ae and i always had to come up with creative ways of like how to differentiate my product from all the other solutions that were out there right like i wasn't talking yeah. to partner managers but i had to get creative and you know, your product can limit you sometimes, but there's things that you can do as an individual. And so like for partner managers, I guess like the best advice that I have is like, if you've never done direct selling of the product to a merchant, my advice is that you get really close with your sales team and you get on as many sales calls as you can and be with the best sales rep that's on that call, uh, you know, on that team and really learn your product in and out, right? Because yes, there are free elements of your product, but we talked about this, right, with Jason, and it's the go to market, right? It's like the how easy is it for the client to implement, but with the partner manager too, how easy is it for the partner manager to implement it for the client, right? Like what work have you done up front to make it easy enough to just say, here, drop this into a back end of the account. This is literally all you have to do. I will do it for you. And let's just see the ROI from it. Like let's run it for a week or two weeks or just run it for a month and just see how it works. That is the best way to get adoption. That is the best way to get validity for your product. Even if you do have a second tier product, what I can tell you is that if you're going out of your way to do something like that versus just having a whole entire feature slide deck, just explaining how your product is better or just trying to pitch them on something else, that's going to work the best. Um, and then kind of like transitioning into a little bit about like talking about well, what, what was the other thing that you were talking about, Alex, that you wanted me to transition to? You said that you wanted to be. Yeah. So some of the product uh, conversations, like he mentioned, Jason mentioned, you know, you look at the product, you say, okay, well, what is the feature that is easiest for the agencies to just set their clients up on right now without having to potentially charge the client for just, you know, so is there a free, you know, product feature that we can roll out that would make Jason's life and his sales team's life a lot easier to get people, get his uh, clients onto just Uno. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. like if you're thinking about it in terms of the just Uno relationship with Anzen um, and, you know, the tech stack in general, like most people think of just Uno, even though we're an advanced conversion rate optimization platform, they think of us as a supercharger to like what they're doing with their email and their SMS provider, right? So it's like, most of the pushback from a client is going to be like, I already have the ability to collect emails through Clavio. Like, why would I use a solution like Just Uno? So how do you get around that? Um, we have a two-week free trial um, and our reps have the ability to extend trials as well. So I know that we've done it in the past before with Jason's team where we've extended the trial from time to time with some of their merchants. And we've enabled them to test it out against the native form builder with Clavio. And again, there's no competitive overlap with Clavio. Clavio is one of our biggest partners, but Jason talked earlier about just like being a specialist in something. Clavio is a specialist in email marketing automation. We are the specialist in on-site conversion optimization and building your list. So what do you do? You run our experience side by side with something that you're running in through Clavio. And a simple test that you can run is, you know, most people through Clavio are just going to set up a new visitor offer to every single visitor that's coming to the website. Why not set up a new visitor lead capture for new visitors that are coming to the site organically and a new visitor lead capture for those that are coming in through paid ads, change up the incentive a little bit and just test that and run that for a month. Split test it, see how you get better results. And most of the time, if you're doing something like that, 
you're going to get better results out of it. It doesn't always end up happening, but you know, for a lot of the time, if you're doing things like that, it's going to you know, be something that you can prove out ROI with without the client having to pay for it. And then they get some free emails and some SMS numbers out of it at the very least. Okay. So, I love this. I love this. So I'm, I'm clicking around your site, Jason. So uh, let's go through a few options here. Let's just, let's just do this. So we'll, create a little clip for youtube uh but um so this is your site i'm sure you recognize it jason yep and i found i was looking at just do no templates i was searching some keywords and you know i find this four types of uh pop-ups to create with just do no so this is co-marketing 101 Anzen sells a service on top of just do no it's in their best interest to talk about just do no on their blog give their sales team somewhere to point when someone asks about conversion rate optimization. And then, you know, maybe your client goes and signs up for just Uno and comes back, but either way um, it's, it's a win for you guys. But then in this, you know, you, you want to go a little deeper than this and you want to, as just, Uno, speaking towards just, Uno, you want to give ands in something to link to on your website. That is not just your homepage, but something that has Anzin's logo and information and maybe hopefully a use case. So when they link here, this may be whatever it is, I didn't take time to read it, but whether it's linked from this page back to Just Uno or a direct link to Just Uno, what you wanna give Anzen, and I'm sure you guys have it, if you have it, send me a link, Derek, but something like this, where the product team gets with the partnership teams and they say, you know what, we wanna drive more referral business from Anzen and partners like Anzen, but them just sending their clients a, a tracked referral link doesn't really look good and they forget where that link is and maybe they just don't like that biased nature of an affiliate tracking link. So they don't use it, period. And some don't. Um, we need to give them something. So this is just a template on Databox's site that is built by Impact Agency and Databox creates the landing page that allows Impact to show their thought leadership and expertise in both Databox as a product, but also this HubSpot tracking dashboard, whatever it is. And Databox includes a backlink, a do follow backlink. It includes their icon, their logo, but their icon. And then if mm -hmm. I onboard into Databox through this template, attribution for the referral is automatically tracked. And Impact sales team knows that if anyone's asking about how do I you know, put together reports for HubSpot, they have this link and they just send them there, you know, and it's not biased in nature, even though there is bias, it's not just an affiliate link that goes to databox.com and all the great products do it, you know, templates for these bubble websites by all of these different agencies. These are all agencies. Kite is a sales enablement software, but when you get into Kite, you can start with these templates that are built by their partners, right? Yeah. Airtable Universe. I just actually linked to my Airtable, but Airtable Universe, same kind of thing. So I wanted to get your opinion on that, Jason. And then Derek, are there initiatives going on? What do you have today? And what is the impact of like being able to say, here's what we have for you. Show off your expertise and let's get you into our funnel. Let's get Anzen and other partners into our funnel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually one of the things that is probably more unique uh, with our platform partnerships is Justuno came to us around the strategies that we were implementing for our merchants and asked us to create some of our best practice templates uh, that they could load into their template library under a you know agency partner tab. So what that does obviously is enables their clients who might not necessarily be as tech savvy to just be able to go in, see what Justuno's best partners are doing, browse through the catalog of our pre-built work, and then implement that for themselves within a couple of clicks, which is fantastic. The flip side of that for us is that um, they opt in for marketing for us. Uh, this, like I'm not, um, I don't have anything wrong with saying that, you know, I think generally we're getting between 50 and 100 leads a month from this through Just Uno. 
which is amazing for us, obviously. Uh, now, a lot of these clients are perfectly happy with just using our templates. So that's fine. But, you know, it doesn't, it only takes one, right? I mean, this is a free referral channel. It costs us very little in the terms of time to just package up some of our best practice templates and then provide them to just sooner to put into this library. Um, but it is, has an immense knock on effect when you think about, you know, 12 months of those leads just backing up for us. Um, but for Justuno's sake, Justuno is a more advanced software. Um, so it has more advanced features. They take more time to implement. It's maybe a little bit more challenging for like a, uh, a founder if they're just trying to go in and get things done. But so for them, they get a feature that makes them very sticky, very easy to implement, very easy to get ROI from. And then for the merchant, it's a fantastic, efficient user experience that's going to generate far more ROI than if they're just going into a different platform and trying to figure it all out for themselves. So everybody wins. Um, and for us, it's been, like I said, a fairly unique experience where uh, we've had a platform that's put, given us that level of access to merchants and then vice versa, given its customers, the merchants, that level of access to a partner, um, rather than just having a sort of a partner directory. Um, I'd say that's probably been one of the best initiatives that we've had. I love it. And Derek, I was trying to find a link for it. If you have a direct, I, I think it's behind your login. You've got to log into Justuna to see this template library. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's maybe, inside. We, yeah, maybe, maybe Jason, if you can send me a screenshot of one of your templates. Sure. Of yep. guys, I'll put that in. I'm going to do an article and all that. Sure. Um, yeah. But what what I did find, I think this is just still valuable and interesting. I saw a lot of PR about the template library on you know those typical mm -hmm. PR web sites, and you guys have a do follow back link and all of it. So I think um, you know I think this just goes right to your website. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, stuff like this. I mean, I I'll, I'll tell you this, and I want your thoughts on it. Um, product teams, obviously they've got their heads on the down on, on the roadmap and it's hard to get a product manager or the head of product to do a big initiative for partnerships. It's probably really tough. I'm not in a SaaS company that has to deal with this, but I've heard the stories and it is tough. Um, but one of the things I tell my SaaS companies is like, you're not, yes, the product side is the holy grail. You want to have what Just Uno has in the template library where they can mention and in another uh, top agencies and give that as an incentive to get to that top tier. But uh, there's there's stepping stones first that you can take. There's there's initial you know uh, initial endeavors that you can kind of get the marketing team maybe to help you out with. And one of them is instead of thinking about it like I need a product side push, maybe you just need a column in the blog that features templates from top agencies like Jason. And it's it's a different sort of blog post structure. So the page just needs to have a different template instead of just your typical, you know, text in the middle and a sidebar or whatever, like a typical blog post. Maybe you reorganize the page so it looks like more of a of a template where there's stuff on the left and on the top and on the right and a little bit of description, but then it has Anzen's logo right there. And you allow your agencies to submit what they're doing with your product in a templated fashion. And you publish those as posts. It's just a blog post as far as your CMS is concerned. You don't need to include product. And then the button on those posts is tracked. So it has a you know question mark and Zen tracking link on the back or a UTM. And, um, and you give them that. All you're really doing in the first step is trying to A, prove to your higher ups and the product team that it is a good initiative, that your pr partners are going to take advantage and they're going to submit those templates. But two, you want to give Jason and Anzen as a team somewhere to send their traffic on Just Uno that doesn't require a an affiliate link um, and, and give them that real estate, that real estate on Just Uno. So it's not yeah. a biased suggestion, right? So let's let's talk yeah, about I think I think from what, you know, something that's worth pointing out, like, look, what we have with Just Uno is kind of the holy grail, right? Like where that's end point, let's get all the way there where it's a seamless experience of leads going back and forth. But to your point, why not, if you're just going to start out and, you, you know, you need to generate some proof of concept to get buy-in, agencies like us, we love a backlink. Um, so, you know, we're absolutely going to say, if you say to us, 
hey, look, could you even just give us three best practice maybe ways that you implement the software? Um, doesn't have to be your advanced secret source, but can we just get you as a third party to um, put something together that can be literally a how-to guide and maybe even record a video that we can add. All this stuff is very SEO rich content that can go onto a page with a good backlink. And, you know, if you're working to craft that so that it's hitting those keywords that you might be looking for, for, you know, X platform to solve Y problem, um, you might be creating as a platform, a great ranking page for you. Um, and as an incentive for your partner, you know, a great backlink for them, but also, it gives you an opportunity to maybe put some feelers out to your partners and pretty quickly identify who in my partner network is really here and hungry and willing to go the extra mile, put that content together, um, you know, have conversations about my platform. It might help you start to identify who the people are that you may want to then later put in front of your product team because those partners that are willing to do that work are going to be the partners that are actually engaged with your software and they're going to be the ones who get in front of the product team and those people being advocates are going to be the people that are going to get your product team on side because they're you know the product team is going to be able to relate to them and see okay these people like what i've built that's going to give them credibility and when we talk about trying to convince our our um, product managers um, that we should they should be listening. You want to bring advocates in, right? Who say we love the platform, but have you thought about this extra little thing? Um, going through that process, it will definitely help you prove the concept out, but it'll also help you find that group of partners that are really engaged. And when your product managers see the content that's being produced around how to use their software, they're also going to want to engage with that partner as well. Killer. I mean, we could go in the yeah. week with co-marketing i mean that's one of the things we preach more than i think most it's it's one of the most overlooked sort of let's do stuff together is the short yeah. hand of it it's like why aren't we just doing something together that's mutually beneficial and yes mm -hmm. it could turn into a partnership but at least we did that and we got something out of it we met each other's teams you yeah. know and we started yeah. the relationship so we, uh, you know, we just to add on to that, you know, we take a crawl, walk, run strategy with all partnerships, regardless of service partners or technology partners. And even if you don't have a co-marketing team, it's fine. You know, there's still small things that you can do. But what it really does early on is it makes us gauge who we're going to work well with. Like Jason was saying, Jason was saying a lot about like, you know, how a good way to qualify out partners is like how receptive are they to want to do something that's as low lift as co-marketing, right? That says a lot about a partner and their willingness to want to work with you, which I think like, you know, helps you determine how you're going to work with that partner and how that relationship will look like moving forward. I love it. I love it. So from just confirm this for me, Jason, we'll end on this, but um, let's, let's go through the top five things that partners can offer you. That's valuable. I think, Number one is the good product. The product has to be at least, you know, top three on the shelf for your clients. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be number one, uh, but it's got to be top three. It's got to be product market fit past that. It's got to have a good user base, some demand, some searches on Google for that product. So, you know, your sales team can sell it. It's not just this yeah. unknown. Um, but then below that are things that partnership teams can influence. So it's um, things like, monetary compensation, how much they're going to pay you for referrals. Where is that on the top five list when you think about things like product-led partnership stuff, support, um, pro included in the product conversation and getting close to the product, training and support, I guess, are the same thing, um, certifications yeah. in there as well. But what what is your list of like, besides product, what are some of the things, one, two, three, four, that partnership teams can do to really work closer with Anza? Yeah. Um, look, uh, to be honest, uh, referral commissions are probably one of the lowest down on um, what we're interested in getting. Um, referral commissions are tricky because most people, it's, it's fairly standard, right? Like most platforms, to be able to still make money as a platform, you, you're probably offering 10, 20%, depending on contracts or how you do it. It's actually a red flag for us. If we get a, a platform come along and say, we'll give you 40% referral commission, um, you know, that's a red flag that your product's too expensive if you've just got that margin to give away to your partner. Um, you know, that doesn't sound right to us. Um, 
But ultimately, for a lot of what we do, you know, those that commission we just funnel back into co-marketing budget because, like, you know, it might be enough to go out for a nice dinner, but it's it's not. If I built my business for referral commissions, um, then you know, I'm not building a very a very good business. I don't have very good services if I'm just in it for the referral commission. Um, I think training um, and um, not just co-marketing, but co-selling is really important, um, particularly if you have a more in-depth or technical product, um, trying to work with your counterpart on the services side to say, um, how can I get one of my reps to jump on a call with the client and do the demo for you? Or, um, you know, how can we get on the call together to maybe do some objection handling or whatever it might be? Um, enablement uh, material is always great, you know, one pages and things like that. But uh, Merchant is always going to love a face-to-face -face conversation with someone from a platform so that they can really see that this, you know, there's real people here that are working on this tool and um, they know what they're doing. Certifications is something um, in my experience at that higher level. So if, you, if you're working on a software that's more expensive in your market, um, certifications, I think, are really important. It means a lot to us when we can go to a, part, a client and say, um, here's this market-leading software, um, and they have an actual training program that, you know, X number of people on my team have had to complete for us to be a certain tier of partner. That has a huge amount of value as a service provider because it's something that we can use to differentiate ourselves from other service providers. And if we, if a partner gives us that enablement, then we're more likely to go with that partner because it's a much easier sell to say, well, you know, we're a platinum partner, you know, 40% of our team have passed the certification um, exam for this software. You should definitely go with us and use this tool. Um, another thing I think is, is regular um, communication. So um, we are definitely our best partner relationships are partners where we have a monthly whip um, and having those whips be structured as well, like not ad hoc, actually having an agenda, which is not, a difficult thing to set up, you know, even if it's just a, a Google doc that has, you know, broken down into three 10 minute um, sections of, you know, let's just catch up and chat for the first 10 minutes, second 10 minutes, let's go through. If we've got, you know, maybe some leads that have been registered that haven't converted yet, let's go through them individually. Let's talk about if I can get a rep on that call with you and then maybe wrap up, let's talk about features, roadmap, what's coming out, you know, do you have any support queries, things like that. Um, and then I would say uh, in-region is important to us. It may not, you know, be as applicable to everyone listening, but um, when a platform offers in-region support hours, uh, it can be very important in regions like Australia or New Zealand or Singapore or Hong Kong. These are all fairly big markets for software, um, but we're often fairly underserviced when it comes to support. Um, and it can be relatively easy to have people at least for, you know, for half our day um, online. If you put people on the West Coast um, and you have them work a late shift, um, that actually goes fairly deep into our day. Like you might have coverage from sort of 8 a.m. our time through to like 1 or 2 p.m. our time if you can do that. Um, and, you know, that's not for everyone. That's not a massive lift. Um, so um, I would say those things are, are really important to us um and then the other thing is absolutely i think having access you know if you've got partners that you really value trying to get some buy-in maybe at least quarterly from your someone in your product team to be willing to talk to partners whether that's just to do a roadmap update or if it is to just take some feedback on board that kind of access is going to be the things that for your service providers is going to actually make them say this software cares they're interested in improving being better building a good partner relationship and that's going to be the thing that makes them say look you know maybe it's not the best software on the market but they invest this time with me which makes me see a roadmap to one day they might well be the best software on the market i love it i'm just going to recap shortly and then derek will leave it to you for final words um Jason's tech partner incentives rated most important to least. Uh, number one, co-marketing and co-selling. Number two, training and certifications. Number three, communication. 
Uh, that's just organization and constant communication yeah. in region support, kind of under communication, but specifically for you guys and any APAC agencies out there. Well, it helps you sell to a merchant as well. If, if the service provider is going to potentially be hands off at any point, then that merchant is going to want to know that they can reach out to someone at the platform as well if they need to. Killer. Uh, and then getting the product team engaged with your agency partners is very valuable for those savvier agencies, implementation solution partners, probably a necessity. Uh, yeah. And then at the very bottom, commissions, use it to buy the team dinner every once in a while, but not not going to make or break the partnership, not going to change. Yeah, I mean, like I said, those masterclasses I talked about early on, you know, basically all of that commission just goes back into running those events, um, you know, which isn't not valuable. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you need to sit there and think, hey, man, let's squeeze the margin as much as we can and to offer an extra 10% in referral commission. Um, I don't think that that's going to move the needle as much as some of those other things. Yeah. And it's it's like this. I always tell the partner teams, if you started giving them commission, you asked them if it's cool, if you take it away, of course, they're going to be like, no, it's part of my budget and it's used yeah. to pay this over here. So no. But if you go into a new partnership and you just say, listen, we don't pay commissions. We offer discounts. And we offer bulk resale options and we offer a lot of support and co-marketing and co-selling and backlinks and all this stuff. They're going to be like, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why I asked that. I feel stupid for asking. Let's go into partnership. It won't be yeah. a conversation. Um, so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I see more and more teams starting the partnership equation without commissions. It makes everybody's life easier. Highly suggested if you're listening and you haven't gone into commissions, don't even offer it. Not worth your time. Um, Derek, uh, any last words, anything that we didn't touch on that you just want to mention? Anything at all? I mean, Jason, you just, you painted such a good picture for everybody on my first podcast <laughs> and I'm left speechless. But uh, no, in, real, in, in all real uh, talk though, I think in summary, but your product is going to be different and it may not work for certain service partners. It may not play with existing solutions. But what I will tell you is the more from a product perspective, I think product is really you know important with, is a whole part of this. How can you keep your service partners living in one place that doesn't keep them jumping around from too many things, right? Like the easier that you can make your solution to play with things that they're already using and, you know, what they're doing from an operational standpoint at a very, very high level. I know it's very complicated. They're going to be more likely to recommend your solution because they're customer facing teams. If any of you have ever worked in customer success before, you've done sales before. Great. That was a great partner lunch and learn. I am never going to go to that website and look at that and go through that two hour implementation. But if it's living inside of the app and it's consistently in their face and it ties into their operational workflow, I promise you that you're going to get more referrals and, you know, you're going to refer more leads to your partners and then the partners are going to refer more leads to you. I mean, that's that's all, that's what I'm going to close it with. I love that. I love it. OK, guys. Yeah, this was another one of those must listen to podcasts, I think, for all the CEOs and heads of products teams out there, head of marketing. It's just one of those, you know, I, you have to kind of hear this stuff from the horse's mouth. That's why we invite this podcast to you, the horse, Jason. Thank you for coming on, buddy. Um, yeah, no, uh, it was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you both. I'm glad we finally got this done. Well worth it. It was a long one, but I think we're going to use every minute of it. So really good. Thank you, guys. Glad we were Thanks, able to Take care. Have a good day, Jason. Good night, Derek. Good night. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>